Welcome to What's the Word? We're super excited to have you today. We are talking about do you need new friends? And this was one of my favorite thumbnails to make. I, <laughs> I enjoyed finding the person to hide behind you. <laughs> yeah, it was great. This was one of my, uh, my favorite title and thumbnail suggestion ones. So here, Amen. all right, so title <laughs> and thumbnails. This is, uh, here, here it is, okay, let's see. Marky and I had a really fun time in the office this morning once Pastor told us what the topic was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and when I told them the topic, here are the titles that they came through, that they came through. How your friends can make or break you. Friends, what are they good for? Absence. I'm not yeah. going to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorites. <laughs> and and if we could have if we could have translated the thought of that into a thumbnail, we probably would have gone with it. <laughs> God connections. Uh, are you hanging around the right people? Which that's pretty close to what we had. What what did we end up doing? Uh, how to know if you need new friends? How to know if you need new friends? Okay. All right. Need new friends. All right. So then that was one of the next ones. Uh, do you need new friends? Which I can just hear somebody, you know, <laughs> counseling. And Is it time? Like, do you need new? It's it's the infomercial. Mm -hmm. Do you need new friends? <laughs> Have your friends been holding you back? And then at one point, Abby hops on because she's on this thread and she's yeah. like, I'm laughing so hard because I thought that you were like <laughs> legitimately having a conversation because Buddy did something yeah. weird. And it's, how do I know that I need new friends? <laughs> I know. Jade says, where's Buddy? Buddy is traveling today. Mm -hmm. so he and Serena are traveling. And uh, so they're online, but not here at the studio today. So we miss you guys. So here's the next one. Are your friends life suckers? <laughs> Which inspired? Which Marky's next title. Do your friends suck? <laughs> <laughs> Which she immediately followed up yeah. with something she, less. Then, well, then, then she says, are your friends draining you? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and she said, please use the suck one. <laughs> Marky and I both had the thought of, do your friends suck? But Marky's the one that wanted to put put it in there, so I encouraged it strongly. We, we could have done the thumbnail with, like, a vampire, you know. That would have been cool. Do your friends suck? All right. Are your friends helping or hurting you? And then uh, Kevin was talking about going down the Dwayne. So <laughs> are your friends dwayning you? So. That was, then I could have put up uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and yeah. that could have been in the thumbnail. That would have been great. <laughs> Had we thought of that then, Had I maybe seen Kevin's you message. would have another, yeah. I could have just been the rock and then put Ing beside it. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayneing you. That was, what was uh, the talk show? They were talking about that. Um, they were making fun of his name, but I forget what it was. Anyway, it was funny. Mm -hmm. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Hello. While they say hi to you, can I saved one name that movie one just for you? Can I do it with you right now while they sure. say hello? Okay. I sent it to George too. Um, here we, you guys ready? A scientist travels to the other part of his daughter's bedroom. Um, I don't know. You guys know a scientist travels to the other part of his daughter's bedroom. You'll know it when, when the answer comes. <laughs> Ant-Man? That's what I thought. Marky oh. got it. Interstellar. <laughs> I 
I wouldn't describe it like that. That's why I didn't get that. Yeah. And he wasn't, he wasn't a scientist. So see. It's all the internet has. See, this is again. The, the internet, the internet doesn't know. Julie got it. Good job, Julie. That's very good. That's very good. Yeah, I would describe that differently. So. <laughs> As a student of Interstellar. As a student of Interstellar. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. A lot of people hate it. I like it. So, all right. Do you you need new friends? Do I need new friends? Probably after that comment, Pastor's <laughs> like, yes, I do. Get off there. <laughs> Serena says, Buddy says Interstellar. That was Guys. Good. George said Ant-Man, too. Thank he you, did. George. He did. So did Kevin. <laughs> Marky said Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Well played. I missed that. Mm -hmm. It was up there at the top. Marky did great. Yeah. All right, so uh, let me show you something. Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. Do we need new friends? Let's put the thumbnail up there one more time and some music and jump in. All right, do you need new friends? Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. Do you need new friends? <laughs> Are your friends draining you? <laughs> do your friends stink? <laughs> do your do you have bad bad friends? I was gonna say something else. I probably shouldn't have said. Anyway, do your do your do your friends need to go away sometimes? Or do you need some Sometimes. new ones to come? All right, so uh, Acts 4.23. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and they reported to all that the chief priest and the elders had said to them. Mm -hmm. What I like about this verse is they had their own companions. Yeah. There was a company, and the King James it says they went to their own company. Uh, so they went to people that were their family. They had they had friends that were their family. And I think one of the things that we can describe is that when you have people who are on the same track that you are, headed in the same direction, with the same goals, with the same visions, these people will become your own company. Mm -hmm. And many times your destiny in the Lord is going to be well-traveled uh, by people who are going after God. And if you want to achieve, we've been talking very, very much about big vision, uh, fulfilling your destiny, and the truth is many people's friends are holding them back yeah. from that vision and destiny. Many people have a destiny in God that they will never see because they won't let go of their friends. And I've watched it. I've had friends in my life that encouraged me to go after God, and I've had friends that didn't. And you want to get around the people always that are drawing you to higher places, that are causing you to see higher, that are causing you to have big vision, that believe in you to go forward. Even if they don't uh, believe in you now, they will be the people that see that you can make it. In other words, uh, you may be the kind of person that doesn't have the habits to achieve big vision, yeah. but they see inside of you, you can. And they will draw you to those places. But how will they draw you to those places? 
Many times they'll draw you to those places because they're going to see that you're more valuable than even you see that yeah. you're valuable. They're going to say, you can do this. You, you've got to get on with this. They're going to pick you up instead of pulling you down, instead of draining you, instead of draining the life out of you, draining the life out of your vision. Yeah. They're actually going to be pulling you up, pulling you towards morality, pulling you towards big vision, pulling you towards those ways. And one of the greatest things that they can do that by is living a life that is fully after God. Yeah. So, and this is one of the things that you should say is if my friends are not drawing me to Jesus, they are not a friend at all. Yeah. All right. Because we know that anything that the Lord draws us to, anything that he draws us to is going to be freedom indeed, is going to be prosperity indeed, that adds no sorrow to it. Anything that's not of God is going to carry sorrow with it. Yeah. It's not going to take us to where we really want to go. Where There's always going to be uh, an after effect that's negative. If it's not of God, it's always going to have symptoms that are negative symptoms that go along with it. and But if somebody truly is a friend, they are drawing you up. They're drawing you to the things of God. Yeah. And those are the kind of friends that need to be our own company. Yeah. Well, and it's important to evaluate it. And because, you know, we, we've been talking over the last couple weeks about vision and yeah. we had some, we had some broadcasts where we talked about time and things like that. Your friends end up your time is your most important resource in the kingdom. Like yeah. that's something you can't get back time. You spend your time wisely. And the people in your life, they're going to be people you end up investing your time with. Yeah. So if they're the wrong friends and they're people who just pull you down, who aren't, who aren't building up, not that you shouldn't, you know, spend time with people who don't love the Lord. Like Jesus did that where he took time and he spent it with sinners because he brought them to the kingdom. But if you're continually with the same people who aren't looking to change, they're not looking to grow. They're just looking to argue. Yeah. Eventually it becomes a, a place where you end up wasting your time yes. and your time is the most valuable thing yes. that you have. I, I determined long ago to surround myself with the people that were going after God. Yeah. And only the people that were going after God, because if they weren't, they were actually drawing uh, myself and others that I could help. Yeah. They're drawing that away. And so I started changing. But I had, you know, that took me a while to get to because I felt like I was betraying those friends. But I want you to see this. If you're seeking to go after God, and those friends are drawing you away from God. They're actually betraying you as a friend in that way. And understanding that really helped me to see yeah. I need to move forward and go after the Lord. And what ends up happening is as you continue to go after the Lord and uh, you continue to go after the things uh, that God wants for you in your life, you will actually become a place of the power of God, of the grace of God, that they'll circle back around and, and say, I need, I need your help. Mm -hmm. I need your help. And then you open up the door to tell them about Jesus. And uh, you open up the door to tell them why this works, how this works, what's yeah. going on with it. And uh, this is one of the great things that we need to see and we need to know yeah. is because 
In other words, I trusted more the plan of God than I trusted the plan of my friends mm -hmm. or who I called friends. And as I did that and I found my inheritance and my identity in him, I found that in him was an, was an identity for them yeah. as well. In other words, by hanging around with them, I was literally holding them back. Yeah. But by being hungry for the Lord and going forward, some of them, not probably not all of them, but some of them would come with me yeah. over time. And, uh, and then not only that, but I got to uh, be influential in many other people's lives because of making that change. Yeah. God is calling you to find a company that's going after him. Now, I want, I want to give you this because some people will take this and say, then I'm, I'm only going to hang out with Christians from here on out. That's not what I'm saying. Nope. You are in the world, but not of the world. And Jesus even went and he had conversations and meals with you know, sinners. Yeah. He, he hung out with heathens. And that's where a lot of people got born again. But that wasn't his normal place. He didn't go into that place and let them pull them down. He went into that place and he drew it up. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, uh, we were able to go to a place uh, that obviously wasn't our own company. And we stuck out. It was like a light in the middle in the middle of darkness. Nicole and I stuck out like that. That's the way it's supposed to be. There's a hope. There's a joy. While everybody else is, you know, down and, and depressed. There's a hope in Christ that preaches. And uh, but you're right, Jade. Jade says it hurts the flesh to let them go, but it is freeing to your spirit. Yeah. And it frees you. And here's the issue. Who are you going to be standing in front of mm -hmm. on the day of judgment? Your friends or Jesus? Yeah. No, your friends are going to be bowing their knee to God. Yeah. And that your friends at that moment are going to be wishing that you had let them go to go after Jesus yeah. and been the example that they needed to see, right? That's what that's what your friends are going to be doing. Yeah. They're going to be prostrate, you know, they're going to be on their faces in front of the one who's judging us. And we want to be able to stand in front of him and say, Lord, I put you first. Yeah. I put you first. Yeah. Well, I have a couple different things that popped in my head, but immediately Paul, when Paul was Saul, he was surrounded by a company of people who thought the same way that he did. Yeah. They thought that Christians, that the church, that it was blasphemous, that it yeah. was wrong. And so they're persecuting the church. But when Saul became Paul, his company changed because his mindset changed. You see in the word that he goes um, into the city in Cornelius, or not Cornelius, I was, I was reading Acts this morning, but you know, Ananias goes to him and immediately he gets brought before the disciples that are in that community. He's with the disciples. He didn't return back to the same yeah. people who were persecuting him. Because when your mindset changes, when you become born again, you become a new creation. Yeah. Who you were before that moment is done away with. They're gone. It's it's dead. It's gone. And if you become a new person and then go back into the same group of people expecting life to be the same, it, you're kidding yourself. I was kidding myself yeah. when I tried to do it because yeah. I'm not that person anymore. I can't be that way anymore. And 
it, you don't fit there. Yeah. Not that the people can't go with you, but you can't go back to where you used to be because you are, your spirit has been so transformed, you don't fit in that place anymore. And it requires a removing of bias when we're talking about this, like Jade mentioning the feelings. Yeah. This conversation will likely elicit some feelings because your friends yeah. are important to you, that your family's important to you, people that you love. But what's going to be more important, being able, like Pastor was saying, to stand before the King of Kings and say, having done all I stood, I served you in every way, I gave you all that I had, and yep. I did what you wanted me to do, or... I allowed fear to keep me with the same group of people, but I loved you privately. Right. And oftentimes when you're around people who are not your company, are not like-minded, the word says the iron's supposed to sharpen iron. You're supposed to be around people that'll make you a sharper weapon for the things of yes. God. And if yeah. you're surrounded with people who don't know how to do that and who aren't going after the things of God, you'll become dull yourself. Yeah. I think one of the good questions to ask is what or who is your Lord? Yeah. Um, because this really helped me to decide. When I, when I sat down and I went, do I want to keep my old friends yeah. knowing, knowingly I can't go forward by doing that. Yeah. If I keep my old old friends, they're going to keep pulling me back to my old habits. Mm -hmm. And and if I keep doing that, I'm not going to go forward. It's going to constantly cycle. And so the devil tries to deceive us by saying, "Oh no, you're strong enough. You can do it." Let me trust me. I've never seen no. anybody hang out with their old friends and their own own old ways and actually go forward. They always will be having a foot in both worlds yeah. and it is the worst place for a sinner or for a believer. It is the worst place for a believer yeah. is being double-minded uh, with half of your mind in a fleshly world and half of your mind in uh, the spirit and yeah. moving forward in Christ. It is the worst. And so you have to decide and this really really brought it home to me is, you know, who am I serving? Who's calling the shots of my life? Me and my emotions and my ties, my emotional ties and sentimental ties yeah. to my old friends? Or am I hearing a call of Jesus to go higher? Mm -hmm. And he's always calling us to go higher, which means we're going to have to drop. We're going to have to cut some of those ties. Yeah. And most of the time that looks like friends. Yeah. And, and that's, that's okay. Uh, the Lord knows that. The Lord sees that. The question is, you have to say, who am I serving? Yeah. And for some people, it's you know, not just friends. It can be girlfriends and boyfriends. You know, they are harming you. They mm -hmm. are hurting you. And they will hurt you because if they're not pulling you towards Christ, they're not truthfully a friend and they don't truthfully love you. Yeah. you know, that's just the facts of it. A person that loves you, it, true love is going to draw you to Jesus. And if they're not, <laughs> yeah, see you later social media. That's the truth. If they're not drawing you to Jesus, yeah. then it is not true love. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things too is, and that, that kind of goes in, I'll just open it up very quickly is, True love, true love can never be had by somebody who doesn't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 
And, and so why? Because it says that we did not have love and we didn't know love until we until we received them. Right. The first time we had the ability to love, you can see this in 1 John 4, is that those that do not love do not know love, do not have love. They've not received love. Um, we love because he first loved us. In yeah. other words, we couldn't love until we received his love. Yeah. And so a lot of times that person that doesn't know the Lord and is not making him the Lord with fruit they're not actually in love. It's in an emotion. It's in uh, what's called an eros love, which is a lust love. What can you do for me? How do you make me feel? It's not an unconditional giving agape love of God. Right. And so it doesn't last. And so those are the things that need to say, look, I, I'm cutting these ties. I'm cutting ties with you know the wrong girlfriend or boyfriend. I'm cutting ties uh, with my old friends. Uh, I'm not talking to them anymore. I'm not getting on the phone yeah. and chatting with them. That can even be family members. Yeah. That can especially be family members. Family members that uh, say they want the best for you, but they're not leading you to go higher in Jesus. Yeah. You should probably cut out some conversation in that way. Uh, and and we've done that. We've had those moments where we're like, you know, there's some, you know, family and we go to this, you know, family gathering and it's not pulling us up. It's pulling us down. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're saying we can't be here and do these things we don't desire. Now, we'll still go back to like a family family reunion and we'll be the light right. today. But we had to recognize who are we spending time with? Yeah. Who are we drawing on? Yeah. Who are who are we pulling uh, our a source from, yeah. you know, and it needs to be a company that's going after God with all of their heart. It needs to be a company that is hungry for the things of God, humble for the things of God. And Lord, I'm going after you no matter what. And those people, it like, it causes a vacuum to happen as they're going up. Yeah. It'll start to draw you up. It'll bring accountability to your life. Yeah. It will strengthen you. It will say, yes, I can do this too. I can, you know, even today in hearing this, you can say, you know what? If they can cut ties with their old friends, I can cut ties with my friends too. And all of a sudden you will be at a higher place. You'll be yeah. walking at a different place. So I'm not talking about, you know, moving into a place where nobody sees you anymore. I'm not talking about moving into some kind of commune or something like that. No, you still are in the world. You're still there because some people are afraid of that, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, no, you still are interacting with the world, but you are putting yourself in life groups yeah. and hanging around people who have a common mindset. We're after Jesus yeah. and we move only at the leading of God. We move only at the leading of the Holy Spirit and Jesus is our source. He's yeah. the Lord. Good enough is not God. And I yeah. know so often, you know, for me, I can, as pastors talking, I remember a point where I was dating somebody and I like I knew in my spirit that it wasn't right, but I so badly wanted to have yeah. that relationship that I thought, it's good enough. This is as good as it can get. Like, I probably can't do better. This is good enough. Good enough isn't God. Yeah. Your friendships, the people in your life, those are things to put faith toward because God has a company that he's designed specifically for you. Yeah. He knows what you need. He knows what would bless you. He knows better than you know, and he's got it created. But so often in this society, we'll settle for good enough yes. and we'll stop applying vision for what a godly friendship can look like yes. and will settle at 
this is okay. This is enough. Like the word tells us not to be unequally yoked. And for me for so long, I just thought eggs, cool. Like that's what I thought yolks were. No, a yoke is something that cattle <laughs> will put, uh, that they used to put around cows necks or, you know, different animals and they would, yeah. st they would pull a wagon and those two cows or oxen, whatever, they would both carry the weight of that wagon and walk forward. Yeah. What happens if one of the oxen is stronger than the other? Then the majority of the weight of the wagon is going to be on the stronger ox. So often in our relationships, we've settled yeah. for being the stronger ox while we have a weak ox on the other side that can't carry the weight. And all of a sudden we wonder, why do I feel so tired and yeah. drained and beat up all the time? It's because you're carrying a load that you're not called to carry. And God has people that are designed for you to come alongside you, help bear the burden of one another. Go forward. Read in the book of Acts, when the church was formed, they had all things in common with each other. They continually devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, to the word of God. That's what life is supposed to look yeah. like. And I know for me personally, that was one of the biggest praise reports I had when I moved here. And I know I've told you and Pastor Uncle many times, but when I moved here, it was like, this emptiness that had been in me, it, the Lord filled it with people that were called to be my company. Like yeah. things yeah. that I had longed for. I longed for spiritual parents. I yeah. longed for spiritual family. And when I was obedient to the leading of the Lord, he added yeah. a, a set of spiritual parents. He added my husband to me. He added my best yeah. friends to me, but it came through obedience and intimacy. Mark, he says, uh, he knows what we need. See, yeah. that's just the issue. Many times people won't leave their old friends because they're afraid they won't find better ones. Yeah. But God knows what you need better than you know what you need. And here's the thing. He is a provider. He yeah. will supply those things in our lives. And so, in other words, there is a person out there specifically for you that's going after God. Yeah. There are friends out there that are perfect for you yeah. that are going after God. You may have to move to find them. You may have to, yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, you may have to hear and be obedient to God and go to a different place. But they're there. Yeah. They are there. And God God has them lined up in, in the destiny of your life, but you have to be willing to say, Lord, I trust you more than I trust my emotions yeah. of hanging on to those old friendships. And so it's important. I want to give a couple of examples of friends and you know, the, a testimony I can give is friends that aren't going after God. But then I want us to give another uh, example of people that are so-called Christians but you still need to break ties from. Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to talk to you about both of those because a lot of times people can see that they need to cut ties with their old friends and how and I'm going to give you some steps on how to cut those ties, how to make that transition easier, or, or things to do and look for. But then what hangs up a lot of people is they'll hang out with religious people. People that do talk about the Lord, but they are not all in for God, and they're holding holding it back. Yeah. Bless you, Kevin. <laughs> and uh, so, one of the things that happened to me was I had um, one of the things that happened to me was I would, you know, in in my young adult life, I would, you know, go and drink and party and 
do all of these things and go out with my friends, stay up all night, and we'd play cards and laugh and smoke cigarettes and all that stuff. Every time I say smoke cigarettes, I want to say and watch Captain Kangaroo uh, from that song, but uh, some people will know that. Anyway, but uh, we would... Um, we, we would have what the world would call a good time. Yeah. And honestly, my flesh enjoyed every bit of that. Mm -hmm. My flesh loved it. But I had this struggle going on on the inside of me because here I am you know, with this flesh desiring to enjoy my friends, do those things, yeah. party, drink, smoke cigarettes, and all of a sudden, but... I also had inside of me this call to minister and yeah. to preach. I had this desire inside of me to minister and to preach and to go after God. And I knew that God had called me to great things. But I so enjoyed this time yeah. with my worldly friends. And so in the middle of it, I would, I would have a foot in both worlds, you know. For six months, I would go after God with everything, and people would be like, look at him grow, you know. And then all of a sudden, I would start thinking about my, you know, the worldly friends, and I'd call them up, and I'd hang around, and hang around before you know it, I'm staying out all night. And for six months, I'd go and feel like a heathen. Yeah. I mean, and the condemnation would be so horrible. It'd be so terrible. And, uh, and then I'd get to the place where I just couldn't take it more like, Lord, I can't do this. I got to go after you and I'd repent. And it was a, it was a true, like I wanted to change, you know, yeah. and, and I'd go after the Lord for six months. And then all of a sudden I would find myself desiring to hang out with my friends. I would miss it. And I'd go and hang out. And I'm telling you, I had a foot in both worlds and it was like ripping me apart. I mean, just ripping me apart. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated myself for doing that. I hated for not going after the Lord. I, I, from the flesh side, I hated thinking about not having that time with my yeah. friends anymore. But this is something that the Lord really drew me to. That God will never ask you some, for something that he won't replace it with better. Yeah. And put that in the comments. God will never ask me for something that he will not replace it with something better. If God is asking you to give him something, including friends, he always has an increase to get to you. Mm -hmm. He always has a better place. And see, that's what I wasn't trusting. You know, and part of this was my friends, but part of it was the friends... The friends piece is what made it hard to let go. Yeah. The part of it was I just wanted to go and party, right? Part of it, but he would, the devil would use the friends to hang on to that party. Yeah. Like I could see where the partying was wrong and I wanted to change that, but I didn't want to let go of the friends. It was that sentimental you know, bond and friendship that I didn't want because I knew if I don't party anymore, I'm losing those friends. And so when I realized that God will never ask me for something, that he won't replace it with better, better that really helped me. But then when I also realized, and the Lord took me to this, he said, they, if they are not leading you towards me, yeah. they really aren't friends. Yeah. And that right there was one of the things that really helped me to go to a different level. If, if I, when I realized they're not truly my friends. They're saying they're my friends, but they're saying it from a worldly deception. Yeah. But the truth is, watch this, they're not my friends. And the truth is, I'm not a friend to them. Mm -hmm. 
And, I, and the question was, do I love them? Absolutely, I love them. You know, through Christ, I love them and I want the best, but I'm actually hurting them by continuing to be here. Yeah. I'm not being a good friend. And I realized that by me continuing that friendship with them where they wanted it to be, I was harming them and harming their relationship. And I wasn't being the light and the draw towards God that I should have been. I wasn't being that friend. Yeah. And so that really, those thoughts really changed my thinking on it. But then I had to say, and the Lord brought me to a place where he said, you've got to desire me more than you desire that as well. And uh, I said, okay. But I found that I kept being tempted. I kept being tempted. I kept being tempted. Two things that really tempted me to go back to that lifestyle and to hang there and to hang out with my friends, two things that really, really tempted me. Number one was music, mm -hmm. secular music. If I, if I listened to secular music, it would instantly make me think about all those old fleshly times. Yeah. And I realized I've got to cut secular music out of my life. And even to this day, even to this day, if I watch too much or listen to too much secular music, either like on YouTube or on the radio or whatever, if I listen to too much, immediately my thoughts will start to be on the worldly yeah. things. And so I recognize that even to this day, I, you know, if I hear it, it's just in pieces. It is not something I want to dwell on. For me, it's a trigger, and the Lord helped me to reveal that trigger. It took me years for me to figure it out, but that was a trigger for me. Here was another trigger. If I sat there and allowed myself to think about those times, yeah. uh, that would be a trigger for me. And so I had to say, no, I'm not even going to think about that. Let me think about how the glory of God's pouring out. How, you know, I was drunk in the Holy Ghost without a hangover, you know. Yeah. Let me think about how the Lord just healed Kevin, you know. Let me think about how the Lord healed Johnny. Let me think about how you are, are rising up to, you know, what God's called you to be and how much your life is different. Yeah. Let me think about how we're helping the people. In other words, think on other things besides that, Yeah. right? So one of the things that you can do is learn the triggers that are, that are temptations. Put that in. Learn the triggers that are temptations for you to hang yeah. in a fleshly lifestyle. Learn those triggers. Ask the Lord to show them to you. I yeah. didn't even know to ask for a while. You know, after a few years of messing up, I finally asked. And I was like, I should have done that earlier. And, uh, but then, you know, learn those triggers. Here was another thing calling those friends up to see how they were doing. Yes. That was the worst. Especially was, like when your flesh is like, I just want to pray for them. Like I just want to know so yeah. I can pray. And that's Whatever. not what you want. You want, <laughs> you want to talk and think about what those old times were. Yeah. You know? And uh, you, want to, you want to find out what's going good. But, but even if it is actually, I just want to pray for them and that's all it is, talking to them before you are free from them. Yeah. Before you are completely free, talking to them, which generally takes years to get completely free yes. from the hooks that are there. Yeah. Talking to them is going to make you think about the good times that you had with them. Yeah. And a lot of times what you need to do is just cut 
the conversation off yeah. and cut the friendship off. Well, and we're called to be believers. You know, we're called to believe in the word of God. And yes, you can have moments where it's like all of a sudden the gift of faith is inside of you. But often in learning the word, it takes time and repetition before yeah. it gets deep down inside of you. And it's a resolve. So what does the yeah. thief do when the seed comes? I, I'm going somewhere, I promise. The thief comes immediately to steal the seed of the word quickly. He comes to plant doubt. That's what he did with Eve in the garden is he came quickly and planted a seed of doubt in her. And Adam in that moment was not a super good friend to Eve because yep. instead of speaking and repeating the word of God, he cared more about being in fellowship with Eve yep. than he did in that moment about being in fellowship with God. Yep. So at that moment, neither of them were great friends to one another. Yep. So in today's world, let's let say- me, Let I'm me sorry. add a point. No, no, let me add a point to that before you go to the next point is Adam cared more about unity with his wife yep. than he cared about unity with God. Yeah. And so a lot of times, and see that will highlight something. Do we care more about being in unity with old friends and even family members than we care about being in unity yeah. with God? Because unity with God will always spawn life to the friend as well. Yeah. So that ought to be the priority. Well, and why did, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say it, but I can guess why did Adam choose to make that decision when Eve was like, no, the apple's super good to eat. It's great food because healthy conflict. You know, the flesh doesn't like to be in healthy conflict. The flesh doesn't like to be challenged. The flesh can get deceived. And so oftentimes our flesh craves comfort and it craves familiarity more than it craves yeah. pressing into the new. So in today's world, you know, let's say you get a revelation on healing some Sunday. You come to Boomerang, pastor preaches on healing, and it's like faith is inside of you. All of a sudden, you have a symptom that tries to come up, and you try to stand in faith and know God wants me healed. And you go to the friends that you used to hang around who don't have the same knowledge, who don't have the same faith, and you tell them, I'm believing for God to heal me. Immediately, that doubt can come in. Well, does God really want you to do that? Until it's set inside of you, yeah. then the thief can come and try to make you that double-mindedness. And your flesh will Im try to immediately get in unity with the, the, the person who doesn't believe because it's comfortable. Well, I don't know. I guess not. Maybe not. Maybe that's not what the word says. Maybe I don't understand it. And that's what creates double-mindedness but we are called to be believers. So if separating us for a time from those people until it gets deep down in, you yeah. know, we're called to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We as believers are called to walk into a room and set the temperature of that spiritual environment. But until we know that we know that that's who we are, until our identity is set in Christ, we can't do that. And we'll allow other people to set the temperature for us. Yeah. And a lot of times we, unfortunately, pride will have us think that we're ready mm -hmm. before we are. And so multiple times I thought that I was further down the road and all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this. And then I'd find myself being tempted again yeah. in different ways. And uh, so don't make that, you know, talk to your pastor for sure. Talk to your pastor about those things. Um, but you, are, you can get to a place so, for example, I forget where we were located. It was just a few weeks ago. 
Um, anyway, uh, Nicole and I were somewhere, and uh, we were out of town. Nobody knew where we were. Where did we just Were you at Valentine's Day when you went to Greensboro? Yeah, I think that was, yeah, that was it. On, on Valentine's Day, where we went to Greens, uh, went there and we spent the time, and we went to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're there, there's no traffic out, there's nothing like that. Literally, because one of my issues used to be, you know, drinking alcohol. And um, literally, I'm sitting there and the devil comes and, and he's like tempting, and he, and he says, hey, you could get some, some uh, alcohol, nobody would know. And I'm like, I just laughed. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't even want that. Yeah. Like, I don't even begin to want that. It was so out of the blue. Like, you know, at one point, I would have been tempted. You yeah. know, even after I was a minister, I would have been tempted. Like, I could, you know, I could do that. But it, at this point, it got to the place where it's so far removed from me yeah. that it was laughable. It was just like, come on, no, you're you're an idiot. I, one, I don't want it. Two, I don't want the feeling. Three, I don't want the spiritual thing. Four, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it was just laughable. So you can get to the place where that those things are very removed. That's not even close to who you are. Now, you have to understand, and me telling that, there was a period of time where it was very much a part of my life. Yeah. I was drinking alcohol every day. You know, I would say I was an alcoholic and uh, because I relied on it every single day and uh, but now it's laughable yeah you know why because I chose to have unity with God over unity with other things and the truth is I don't miss it yeah. I don't miss it at all and if if I could have heard myself say that then yeah I would have laughed at myself like you don't miss it you know that's funny but the truth is I don't I don't yeah. miss it I don't want it it's you know I just have no desire for it whatsoever completely broken in my life and uh, and the Lord did that Jesus did that but he did that as I made the right decisions mm -hmm. as I made the right decisions he did that so you can come to those places but many times our friends, it's our our old friends that are holding us and hanging us up in that place. And you got to have the strength to say, I'm going after Jesus. Yeah. And you can come with me, but I'm going after him. Yeah. Like, you, but if you don't, I'm not stopping. I'm going after him. Yeah. And uh, so many times we recognize that we need to do that. Don't, you know, don't if, find out what the triggers are. If it's like me, don't listen to old music that you listened to when you were doing the things that you're trying to get away from. Don't meditate on the fleshly fun. Yeah. Okay. You know, don't listen to the old music. Don't meditate on the fleshly fun that you used to have. And don't call them up all the time. You know, I watch people. It's so funny. I can watch them in church, and I'll watch them do this, do this, do this, and and I'll hear in their conversation. Yeah, I was talking to such such the other day, mm -hmm. and everything. I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Why are you calling them? Why are you? Every time you call them, it messes you up. Yeah. And but they want to hold on because of sentimental reasons. Yeah. And that's the issue. They're desiring that old feel, and instead of one of the things I've watched with. Uh, believers over the years is why 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 <laughs> why do this guys you guys why and I've done it too I did it a lot why 
Are you looking for reasons mm -hmm. to hold on to something that's ungodly yeah. instead of looking for reasons to get rid of it? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Don't, don't, I'll, I'll look at different, you know, hot, you know, hot topics or, you know, social things that people are jumping on the bag, bandwagon with. And they're like, they're looking for ways that they can do it instead of looking for ways that they shouldn't, yeah. you know, or that they, or that they should be more godly. In other words, they're not looking at, you know, why do this? And, uh, they're looking for these ways that God will give them the right to. And you know, right now in Impact, we're studying in Romans, and they're dealing with that in some of the scripture. It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you giving yourself yeah. to this? And why are you even thinking that you should be looking for sin to be okay? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. God forbid. Why are you even thinking that that's a good thought? But yet, we've all done that in some level. We're looking for way. Well, how can I be a Christian and still hold on to my ungodly friendship? Yeah. Well, and as you're talking, I, this is something that I've done. I feel like this is something everybody's done. But I remember when I moved here, I had a friendship I didn't even see this was happening until Pastor pointed it out. A friend of mine who I was very close to, and there were different directives that you'd given me, you know, just the most basic one was I used to talk super pretentiously um, or thinking I was smarter than I was, and I'd try to be show-offy, and you're like, don't do that. You're never going to minister to everybody, so fix right. how you're speaking. And this particular friend also spoke that same way. So every time I'd talk with her, it's like it would come back and I'd have to put it back down. Yeah. But what was happening was every, almost every single Sunday during service, a great big point would be made and all of a sudden my phone would go off and it would be her texting me. And I would respond back and I'd look and then she'd try to strike up a conversation and I'd go back and forth because this person was really important to me at that point. I, I still love them, but really important. And I wanted them to have what I had. And you brought it up. Do you see that she, that this is happening? Like you need to not allow this to distract yeah. you. And I needed to overcome the feeling of, I need to be her source so she can yeah. receive God. Yeah. And you know, Pastor Nicole has a story like this where she wanted so badly for this person in her life to come to know the Lord that every time they texted, every time they called, it's, I will be stop Jesus to you. Yeah. I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll make my life revolve around you because it's almost like there's a guilt that yeah. can abide because our flesh remembers our deeds of the past. Our right. flesh remembers all the things we messed up. And here's these people in our lives who also have memory of when we messed up, yeah. but now they know that we love Jesus. So if we don't serve them the way that we serve Jesus, are we really loving them? It's yeah. that trap that our flesh wants to keep us in that'll make us be their source. But but basically, the answer to that is go after God with everything you yeah. have, and that is helping them the yeah. best, is actually running in your lane at full speed, empowered by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's the best help you can give them, not answering their every text, not dropping the godly thing that you're doing to, to uh, basically put up with their flesh. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times what will happen is right when the Lord is talking to you, yeah. they'll, 
they'll be texting, they'll be calling, yep. you know, and uh, I'll pay attention to that. If I notice that somebody, they, every time there's a moment I'm ministering somebody, they text me, Yeah. right? They call me right at that moment. Then it's like, okay, you've got some demonic activity hey, here working. Hey, John Napier, good to see you. Uh, you got some trying to interrupt a moment where, yeah. and I've noticed, I've seen this before, where every time I was leading somebody to the Lord, a certain person would call me or text me. Yep. And I'd be like, what in the world? Yeah. And it's like, you're calling at the exact wrong moment yeah. every time. You know, so you're being led by something, but it's not God because you're interrupting this. And, uh, well, what do you want? Oh, nothing. Just, you know, yeah. just thinking about you. And, and they don't realize. So, I needed to break those, you know, break those contacts and break yeah. those friendships. But go ahead. Well, I, what I was going to say it was, you know, I had a person in my life who was very important to me, um, and they would do that. They would call every time I had a high, like a spiritual yeah. victory. They'd be there, and it would just be like I'd be here, and then after talking to them, I'd be rock bottom. And they legitimately told me what, when I tried to, you know, separate and shift the conversation of, I'm not going to talk about what I used to do. I'm not going to talk about all the things that are wrong in the world. I'm going to talk about things worthy of praise. They literally were like, well, I thought you're supposed to love Jesus. So why aren't you, why aren't you loving me? You don't love me properly. That's the enemy trying to yeah. come in to guilt you into staying in a place that's lower than where you're designed to be. Yeah. The enemy uses shame and condemnation and a whole bunch of pressure junk to make you feel like if you don't minister to everybody and if you don't, it's yeah. loving them. That's not love. That's fear of yeah. if I don't help you, you're not going to get saved. You're not going to come to know Jesus. And that, it's just not how the Lord works. And you've got to free yourself from that. Well, and one of the biggest traps is being around people that actually do know Jesus, but they're not hungry for him. Yeah. Uh, and they, because if you, we talked about this the other day, you have people, or what the devil tries to do, the first thing the devil tries to do is to keep you from hearing the truth about Jesus. Mm -hmm. The next thing he tries to do, or the good news, or the gospel, the next thing that he tries to do is to stop you from accepting Jesus. If he can't stop that, if he can't keep you from knowing Jesus, then the next thing he's going to try to do is get you to be a lukewarm Christian that's not producing mm -hmm. anything. And then if he can't stop you from doing that, then he'll try to burn you out. Yeah. Uh, so he'll try to make you religious, a super, you know, in a spirit of religion, a demonic spirit of religion, yeah. or he'll try to completely get you to overwork and uh, burn yourself out and live a short life because he doesn't want you on the planet any longer than you have to. Right. And so he, he does all those things, but one of the things is get you to be lukewarm. And so a lot of times there'll be people in your life, family members, friends, uh, that actually do know Jesus, but they're not hungry for Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're not on fire for, for him. They're not humbling themselves. They're not making change. One way to look at that is look at people and look at their lives and see, look at them five years ago. Yeah. Were they at the same level or have they grown? Okay. And this is one of the things that you have to watch. And they can be, you know, a lot of times they can be the people that you don't expect. 
In other words, oh, I thought this person was good. And you find that every time you talk to them, you're drawn into a wrong emotion. Yeah. Like that. Every time you talk to them, you feel, you feel worse. You don't feel lifted up and joyful and victorious in the Lord. You know, things worthy of praise, you feel different. And, and you might be talking about the Bible the whole time. Yeah. You can talk about the Bible the whole time in the wrong way. Yeah. You, can, you can have family members and friends that still talk in the wrong way, and you're not drawn to faith. You're not drawn to love. You're not drawn to hope. You're drawn away from those things, and this is what you need to watch for yeah. in that way. And it's dangerous because they, it just keeps you lukewarm. And so the devil wants us to have contacts with people that will either draw us back to the world and cause us a backslide or draw us to low fruitfulness. Yeah. Right. And that's where the better thing to do is instead of hanging on to neutral relationships, and that's what that is, an, an idol or a neutral relationship is not producing fruit. Yeah. Is this producing fruit in my life? Are the conversations that I have with uh, not, they don't have to be 100% of the time. Like, I mean, we might talk about a movie or Interstellar or something like that. Uh, you know, we might talk about something other than the Bible. Right. But as an overall, am I being lifted by this conversation? And am I producing more fruit or am I basically, it's keeping me the same. Yeah. And, and what about the fruit of the person? You know, is the fruit of the person, have they grown in the yeah. last five years or has it stayed the same? Yeah. And by looking at that, you can determine, are they going to draw me up or draw me down? Yeah. Well, and this is biblical. Like this whole thing, it's, this isn't a theory. This is biblical. Look to Jesus. You know, Jesus is our example in everything. How did he operate? Jesus had his 12 disciples, but he had his three, like his three close people, the ones who he, who he was with the most. But the, the story that comes up in my brain is when Jesus was in his hometown and they were like, isn't this Jesus, like Joseph, the carpenter's son? Like, isn't that who he is? Because that's who he used yeah. to be around. Like before he was still the Lord's son, like he was still Jesus, but this is pre, they knew him pre-baptism, pre the Holy Spirit descending upon him, pre his ministry started. They weren't in faith toward who he was. They just saw him as common. But when Jesus was around his people, his company that the Lord called him to, and he's like, who do people say that I am? And, and they told him, and he looks at Peter and he says, who do you say that I am? Yeah. He's like, you are Christ. You are Jesus. You are Christ, the anointed one in his anointing. His companions saw him as he was yeah. called to be. His yeah. company saw him for who he was called to be. Your company will see who you used to be, like the people in your, in your life that you're not called to be with. Old company will see you where you were. The company you're called to will see where you're called to go. Yeah. They'll see you with eyes of vision. And so it's important to make that distinction of, are they viewing me with eyes of hope, with eyes of promise? Are they believing the best in me? Are they people who will lift me up? Like, are they people who will endure? You know, love endures. Love believes the best. Yes. Love doesn't fail. Love doesn't give up. Love keeps going. Love is a covenant that even if I mess up against the pastor, pastor's going to love me. Even if pastor does something wrong to me, I'm going to love him because there's a covenant there. Is your friendship? a covenant or is it convenience? 
you know, and there there's things to mark them, but that's what just kept sticking out to me of who do you say I am? Yeah. Who do yeah. your people say that you are? John has a really good point. He says, I've noticed when I hang around the right people, I come away more hungry and wanting to grow. Valid. More hungry and wanting to grow. That's that's the kind of people that you want to hang around. Great point, John. Yeah, I was, George and I had the opportunity to go out to dinner with uh, evangelist Stephen and Michaela Hurlbert. They were here in town last week, two weeks ago. I don't know, time. But while they were here, we got to go out to dinner with them. And I sent pastors a message afterwards. I'm like, I need to be around more people like them because dinner with them, like, made me so hungry for the things of God. Like we're just eating dinner and the anointing falls during yeah. dinner. And it was, it was so awesome to see the Lord moving just in a normal conversation. What a blessing yeah. that is. Amen. Amen. So, um, buddy asked this question. I want, then I want to give you some scriptures before we wrap up. Uh, buddy says, what's the best way to cut ties with someone without seeming like you're ignoring them and leaving them confused as to why you would be ignoring them? Great question. Yeah, and there's a couple of different ways to approach that. So for me, now where I am and where I've, you know, because I've had some years at putting those relationships in the right place, I can talk to somebody from my past now and hear this. I'm Now I can do it and I'm confident in it, but I wasn't 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So now I'm confident in it. But... Uh, I can talk to them now and say, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? You know, I'll ask them what's going on. What are they doing in their life? And I do truly care what's going yeah. on in their life. But they'll probably locate very quickly what they're about because the priority of their heart is going to come out of their mouth. And I can tell if they're going after the Lord or not. If they're going after the Lord at all, then I'll allow that conversation to continue to grow. And it generally is only a period of time before my hunger mm -hmm. is going to start drawing them. And I can set that thermostat. I can set that temperature of godliness in that way. But if they're not going after the Lord at all, say, oh, man, that's awesome. And they'll generally say, well, what are you up to? You know, And, and I'll say, oh, we're just, the, you know, building the church and you know following the lord the lord is doing great and mighty things we have the daily broadcast our kids are growing all of this stuff and give them all these praise reports yeah. you know this person just got healed this just this person you know we've ever had over what fifty thousand dollars of debt erased in the church and the lives of the people since the new year yeah. that we have records so far um you know i'll tell them those praise report and that raises that. And then generally either they want to talk some more because they're hungry for the Lord or they want to cut the conversation off. So I let them cut that conversation off. Yeah. And that's fine because they're not hungry for it. And I'm good with that. If you're not hungry for the Lord, you're probably not hungry for my time. Yeah. Because I'm going to be hungry for the Lord. And, and so in other words, I'm not letting other people tell me who I am. I know who I am in this in this word and that is a big key is knowing who you are i'm not trying to find my identity uh through what they think i already know my identity through this so i don't have to have them define that yeah. i am who who i am through christ and you either like it or don't like it. You either want to be a part of that or you don't want to be a part of it. And when somebody wants something, they'll reach out for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the other thing is this, is that uh, if I'm not in the position yet where I know that, then ignoring them is not necessarily a bad answer. You know, just, hey, 
say sorry. Um, you know, been going. You know, been going after the Lord, and it's been awesome. And things have been busy, and hopefully we can talk soon. That's yeah. A, that's a good way. And you, and you can say. I mean, you can find out where they're at right there because they're either going to respond positively to that or negatively to that. Yeah. And if they don't positively put themselves in a conversation about God, then let them go. Yeah. You know, let, let, let them go in that way. And we have to be willing to do that. Uh, so you can, a lot of times I'll send them a note or I'll talk, I'll say something or have a quick conversation and say, hey, I'm sorry I couldn't talk to, at this time or whatever. But I'm not, I might not just, it, I might not have to not talk because I'm busy. I might not can talk to you because I know you're going to try to draw me into a place that you don't even recognize. And I can't do that. Mm -hmm. In order for me to keep going forward, if I'm not quite at the place where I, I feel comfortable letting you go, if I talk to you, it's going to make it hard and I can't. Do that. I've got to add to going after God, not add to going back after yeah. the world. And so I have to take the, um, I have to be proactive in moving towards God, which if that means if I move towards God, you fall behind, that's on you, not on me. Yeah. Okay. So where you are with the Lord is on your shoulders, talking to an old friend. It's on your shoulders, not on my shoulders. But the best thing I can do to help you is myself to go after the yeah. Lord. And so if anything that I do draws me back, then that's not helping them. If anything that I do draws me forward, then that is helping them. Yeah. And that's the best testimony. And trust me when I say that when you get hungry for the Lord and things are working for you, old friends will call for prayer requests. Mm -hmm. Old friends will call and reach out and yeah. they will desire those things. Yeah. You know, uh, they will see the fruit of it. They will see that peace, that joy, that hope, and they will desire those things. Yeah. So, good. Well, I, you know, testimony of that. I had a friend that I knew back when I um, lived in Maine who reached out to me last year. I haven't talked to her in years, but she's like, I have, this is happening in my marriage. I, I need somebody who understands how to pray and I don't know how to pray. I was able to lead her to the Lord. Yeah. Not because we'd, I'd continually stayed in contact with yeah. her, but because the Lord made the connection of she needs something and Barrett can help you connect to that source. Yeah. But freedom for me really came when I talked with you and Pastor Nicole about how saying I can't talk right now isn't a lie. Yeah. It's has the Lord told you to talk to them? Yeah. Because if the Lord hasn't said, answer that phone call, respond to that text message, answer that Facebook message, then you can't do it. Because if the Lord doesn't say to do it, you have no empowerment to do it. Yeah. So saying I can't, that's not a lie if you're being led by God. And he said, don't answer the phone right now. And after yeah. a period of time, you know, it truly will hunger and the fire of God will sort and put your friends in their proper places because especially ministers, your time, it's valuable and it's not always a lot. Like Pastor Brian does not have at this point the time to just talk to 50 people throughout his day. No, Nothing would get done. Nothing would get done. So he has to be led and I have to be okay with if I reach out to him 
I know he's being led by God. And if your friends get yeah. offended with you that you can't devote your every single moment to them, that's on them. But it's also a childish thought process. When you're younger, a lot of this will go back to like high school, college friends. When you had an abundance of time, Yeah. When as you grow in the things of God and just age-wise, you don't have an abundance of time well, anymore. Well, and that, that's a part of it is recognize. See, I think it's harder for people like in their 20s and 30s to let go of those friends. But when you hit your 40s and 50s, 60s, and you have that experience, you recognize, you, you know, if I've got a, a person now that keeps calling me all the time just to hang out and chat, I know they're not producing anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't have time for that because we are producing yeah. something. And I can't let their lack of diligence create a lack of diligence in me. Yeah. That would be unfair to you yeah. and unfair to you. If, if I let one person's lack in that way uh, completely get me off task and cause me to become unproductive, mm -hmm. then that's not fair to the people that we're called to serve, yeah. that are hungry, that are desiring those things. So a lot of it, what made it easy for me to move on is, it's time to grow up, you know, yeah. either as, as my old, you know, old friends, either get with the program and grow up or yeah. stay, you know, in your 20 year old mentality, mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm, I wanted to grow up. I wanted to mature and it wasn't my responsibility to change their thinking. Right. It was my responsibility to be a different witness yeah. to go after him. So let's read these scriptures and, uh, Let's say in Proverbs 13, 20, it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. He who walks with wise men will be wise, not he who walks with his, with his so-called friends. Mm -hmm. He who walks with wise men. And what do wise men do? Wise men have a fear and a reverence of God. You know, the fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. Wise men put God first. So what's he telling us? Walk with people who fear the Lord and yeah. you will be wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Psalms 1, 1 and 2. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. In other yeah. words, they're not walking in the counsel. Listen, by remaining friends with a person that's not going after God, uh, by remaining friends, by somebody who's not going after God, you are, you are actually locating yourself in the counsel of the wicked. Yeah. Like that, you're receiving counsel. Well, well, they're not telling me to go and rob a store. No, but their thoughts are not godly. That's wicked counsel. Mm -hmm. Any thought that's not going after God is wicked counsel. So how blessed is a man? In other words, if you want to be blessed, you don't walk in the counsel or in the atmosphere of worldly friends. You don't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but your delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So a good friend and a good godly counsel is somebody who delights in the Lord and in the law of the Lord yeah. day and night. Those are the people we want to be. Those are the people that we want to, um, that we want to hang around. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. I think Kevin Buck put it up earlier. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah. So when I hang out with company that's not godly company, it's going to corrupt me. Yeah. 
are, are we going to get up in heaven and, and Jesus is going to say, why would you do that? And, he, and you say, oh, well, I wouldn't have, but I, I was hanging out with them one day and, and my morals got corrupted and it's their fault. No, it's your fault because you were hanging out with them. And that's how the so, curse came to be in the world. Yes, it's yeah. the woman you gave me. Yeah. It was the snake's fault. 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be bound together with unbelievers. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. Don't be bound together with unbelievers. And if you're binding your time, you're bound together. Don't be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Yeah. It doesn't. In other words, we're not talking about, you know, for example, let's say that you go to a wedding. And you go to a wedding, and the people there are drinking and everything, and you've been invited to be a part of this wedding. This is what Jesus did. This is not you being bound to them. He went to places like that. There were these one-time events, mm -hmm. and there he would be hope. He would be light. They yeah. would see him, you know, being godly, mm -hmm. right? But then they, and I've had many times where we've been at a wedding or something like that, and, and well, recently, um, we were at, this was not an ungodly meeting, but it was a meeting where we went to, and it was like a graduation of sorts. And we come back, and there's a guy who knows that I'm a pastor. He starts asking me questions. For the next 30 minutes, he's asking me questions. He's hungry for these things. And the end of it, here we are at this party. I'm laying hands on the guy, and the power of God's hitting him, and his life is changed forever, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so that's, in other words, I don't have to do that at every, every place I go to, but we're, we're carrying that. Mm -hmm. All right, now, don't be bound together with unbelievers. What partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Uh, Proverbs 18:24. A man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What that means is when we give ourselves to too many people easily, yeah. When, it's, when we make it easy to have, a lot of times, you're only going to have a few friends mm -hmm. in God that are going to be really, really strong. Right. And when you just are the person that has, oh, I've got tons of friends, generally you're going to have some friends in there that are immoral, and they're going to lead you uh, to that. All right? Psalms 141, 4 and 5. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice deeds of wickedness, with men who do iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. In other words, I don't want to partake. I don't want to partake of anything that wicked men do. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around their thoughts. I don't want to be around their actions. I don't want to be around any of that. Verse 5, let the righteous smite me in kindness and repro reprove me it is oil upon the head. Do not let my head refuse it, for still my prayer is against their wicked deeds. So now watch this. This means if you're, if you're um, messing up and hanging around with the wrong friends, yeah. it, it literally says, let my true friends, the righteous, smite me and, and smack my, my um, wrong thinking, you know, because when I let their correction correct me yeah. and think righteous things, it's like an anointing of oil, like a blessing of God. Yeah. And, he, and he says, my prayer is, don't let my head reject that anointing. 
In other words, don't let my thinking cause me to not receive a correction and yeah. instruction. And let that instruction, though, not be from the wicked, but let it be from the righteous. Amen. Job 15, 34, and 35. If there was ever a story of having the wrong Oh, yeah, friends. yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the company of the godless is barren. For the company of the godless is barren, and fire consumes the, tent of the tents of the corrupt. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity, and their mind prepares deception. The company, hear this, this is a strong one. The company of the godless is barren. There's no fruit there. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. There's no fruit with the godless. And we are called to produce fruit. So the question is, is Jesus our Lord or not? Because if he's our Lord, we're going to be producing fruit. If he's our Lord, we are going to be producing fruit. But if he's not our Lord, then we'll hang out with anybody. Yeah. But if we want to have fruit, we're going to find no fruit bearing with the godless. Mm -hmm. And then Psalms 111, 1. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the company of the upright and in the assembly. Yeah. So there's scripture after scripture telling us don't hang out with godless people. Don't hang out with people that aren't hungry and going after the Lord. Hang out with the righteous. Hang out with the people. And what happens when you do? All of a sudden your life goes up. You're able to grab a hold of vision. You know, and we didn't even talk about this, but when you hang out with the people of God that have a, a vision for increase, their vision will get on you. You know, mm -hmm. their, their increase will get on you. And so that's what you want to do. The, amen. John says those scriptures are fire. Come on. You know, what you want to do is make sure that you're saying, Lord, you're my Lord. And I'm not being a good friend by continuing to hang out with ungodliness. Yeah. Lord, let me hang out with people that are godly. <laughs> and Marky says, hang out with the right people. <laughs> but I can hear her laugh. What's right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> what's right what's right.com amen and we love you and that's it for today so we want to go ahead and wrap it up but uh, if you would like to sow today you are welcome to you can go to giveww.org uh, you can give by cash app uh, or by facebook you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount and uh, you can give text to give on paypal yeah, you can even give by bitcoin we've got all of that but here's the issue we don't want you to be uh, arriving at heaven and finding out, oh my goodness, I could have had so much more if I would have hung out with godly people. We want you to know. We don't want that truth to be hidden from you. And we want you to fulfill everything that God has for you. Yeah. But we don't fulfill everything God has for us if we don't take the right biblical and godly steps to get there. We want you to take those right steps. We want you to be walking high. He says, he says I want to bless you and put you on the high places of the earth. I will cause you to walk on the high places of the earth. That means he wants to bless you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to promote you. Yeah. He wants to lift your life up. But let me tell you, it won't be lifted up by hanging out with the wrong people. Amen. Yeah. You agree? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just pray for the offering. Thank you, Priscilla, for that seed. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength to hang out with the right friends. Thank you, Lord, for putting seed in our hands. 
Thank you, Father, for your overflow. Thank you, Lord, for your might. Thank you, Lord, for strength. I just call right now, Lord, let strength be in people's hearts and minds to choose you and to choose your people and godly company, not wicked company, but godly company. Lord, let them have the strength to choose that, to step away from an old life in the flesh and move to a life in the Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you for it and we praise you. We worship you. Lord, bless every seed that came in today. Bless everyone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. Amen. 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 John says what? He said the right people are the best. Oh, that one day we spent the day with you. We left inspired. The impartation was incredible. Hallelujah. That's, That's a great testimony. Thank you, John. God is so good. Amen. That's the way it's supposed to be that we are constantly inspiring other people and walking in that way. So hallelujah. We love you so much. We pray for you guys, you and Rachel, all the time. And uh, we love you. Actually, we think about you quite often. We were talking about you the other day in a a good way. (laughs) So amen. We love you. And uh, it's going to be a great weekend. If you haven't watched more about walking in the vision that God has for you, make sure to go back and watch this week, last week. Man, the increase and vision, and there's been an anointing to get that across. Uh, The increase and the vision has been amazing. And uh, just we praise God for it. If you haven't watched it, make sure you watch it. We love you so very, very much. And uh, we just praise God for you. We'll see you next week, and uh, have a great one. Here's Marky. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us today. If you received from this broadcast, make sure to share it. Share it with your friends. You can like, share, and if you're not already, subscribe to our channel. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, you can make sure to like our page and send it to you. I was going to say send it to your friends. (laughs) You might want to send it to... to, (laughs) Maybe not as like a a hint of like, hey, you're uh, you're not going to be in my life much more. But send it to the people that God places it on your heart to send it to. Send it... Yes, Pastor said the real friends. Send it to the real friends and your family members. And uh, thank you for joining us today. And also, special announcement. We will be having Evangelist Ankit with us next month. And they're going to put it up on the screen for the specific dates. Those are going to be powerful services. If you are anywhere within traveling distance, which is basically, I feel like, anywhere, you would be very blessed by these meetings. They are going to be April 11th through the 14th with Evangelist Ankit. He has an incredible ministry, an incredible reach, and it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to be here and have him with us. So you are welcome to come for those meetings. And uh, if you do not have a home church, you're also welcome to come to Boomerang Church this Sunday here in Albemarle, North Carolina. And uh, I'm, thank you for joining us today, and uh, I, I wish you a wonderful weekend. Have a happy Friday and a wonderful weekend. And we will be back Monday here with you. Uh, join us then. See you later.